Hello, everyone, and welcome back to part two of Navigating Business, Finding the Investors, a business podcast hosted by the U.S. Pan-Asian American Chamber of Commerce through the Community Navigator Pilot Program of the Small Business Administration. My name is St. Hung, founder and CEO at Universal Processing, national spoke under USPAC for CNPP. For this episode, we'll be continuing our conversation with Porter Wong, board member and CNPP consultant at the Western chapter of USPAC. Well, yeah. we're still talking about businesses early in the cycle, but it's still very, very good advice to think about both mm-hmm. sides, the software mm-hmm. and the hardware. Okay, mm-hmm. what, what else can we talk about? Loans? When, when it comes to loans, what should a business owner look out for or prepare for? Like, for, for example, do you think that there needs to be a minimum amount of time in your experience before individuals or business owners look for loans? I would say that, of course, if, if a business is looking for a loan, mm-hmm. it's depending on the status of the company. How is the how is the company doing at the point, at the time when they're looking for a loan? Yep. So, so even like, let's say for SBA loan, mm-hmm. uh, your company, for the company to who are able to get the SBA loan, you usually are pretty established. You you probably need to have like like I think minimum three years of pretty good revenues and profitable, and then you might have some depending on how much you want to borrow. You need to have like collateral that kind of thing. So so those I would say like those are usually for a little bit for companies that they are more established. Okay. But, but then if you're a new one, you're still struggling. Uh, let's say you, I mean, you even have, I mean, you're personally, you even have like credit score issue, let's say like 700 or below or something like that, mm-hmm. but your business is going fine, but it's not as profitable as, 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 as you like, then CDFI will be a good resource. CDFI? Then, yeah, CDFI, right? CDFI? Yeah. So it's almost like a credit union. Right. And then a kind of setting is also, it's a regulated financial institution and they normally just surface local business. So let's say you're in, in, you are in New York City, then you need to find the one that serves the local area and, and then they will accommodate. So different CDFI have different like lending limit, I mean, in terms of you know, the loan amount, okay. uh, some can be as little as 5,000 and then all the way up to like 800,000 800, or something. Each one is different. So you need to look for the one that feed your business. And I think more typical, the range, the loan, the, 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 the range of the loan is anywhere between like, like 50 K to like two, 300 K. I think those are more common. Okay. And, and then they will, so they will entertain businesses that they're not able to get any SBA loan. Mm-hmm. The interest rate is still very reasonable. It's not like a shark, a loan shark kind of thing that charges you 20% interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if that's if not even loan sharks, I, I asked for <laughs> I, I was in the market. I was curious what it is. 20% yeah. of the private equity funds out there, not naming any names, but the private equity funds. 
charge pretty close to 20% today. I know. With the, I know, how I know. High the interest rates are. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think the 20%, my 20% probably a little bit dated because now the interest rate been rising quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then if, if people like kind of struggling and then they not able to, let's say, even get like five six $6,000 to start their, their business, mm-hmm. then their CDFI, they, they're willing to loan them the money with very, very limited, minimal check. Okay. Uh, like credit check or things like that. Even though, let's say, your personal score, credit credit score is 630 or something, they will be okay. willing to loan you. And then there's also another one that's like kind of crowdfunding. Okay. You can borrow up to 15K mm-hmm. uh, and then there's still interest. Really? Yeah. Are we talking like a, a Kickstarter? Oh, no, no, no. Kiva. No, no. It, it's purely a loan. Kickstarter kind of. Well, Kickstarter is kind of like pre-order, like let people pre-order your product. Basically, basically okay, that's what okay. it is. Right? I, I hear you. You, uh, you mentioned uh, yeah. crowdfunding. So you're you're saying that the U.S. Department of Treasury provides the CDFI, which is the Community Development Financial Institutions Fund. And that's mm-hmm. basically a pool of money that the government has put aside to help loan, give favorable loans to the small mm-hmm. business owners out there that might not mm-hmm. have the best credit score or the business longevity, right? Mm-hmm. But on top mm-hmm. of that, is the crowdfunding also part of the CDFI? No, crowdfunding is not part of the CDFI. The program I talk about that people can borrow ten to $15,000, which mm-hmm. is like zero interest. Yeah. It, it basically, it really, it's really go out to crowdfund. So could they, you might have like a hundred, maybe even 200 people willing to chip in like 50, 20 bucks a piece. And then, and then with that make up that like 10 to 15 K. Wow. So it's not, it's like purely just, they help you to basically crowdfund from individuals around the world, actually. Okay. Locally. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. It sounds a lot more difficult than going through the CDFI and the SBA though. So yeah, no, but no, no, yes and no. Because if it only like need 10 or 15 K, mm-hmm. you need to sign up. There's a little, little bit of fun, upfront work you need to do, but then the, the, the loan company actually is kind of in a, it's a fintech company where it's nonprofit okay. and they basically do all the work for you. Oh, yeah, really? it's like, oh, everything is everything is software. Yeah, I... like they do the promotion, so so they do the promotion through the platform, and then whoever in the network interested in your business and willing to help, and then they just all chip in a little bit. Okay, yeah, great, great. So great. there's there's software case, for everything. No these credit days. check, no nothing. Huh? Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. So there's software for everything these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porter, you you've been in the investment community for a while now, so it. It makes me curious to hear, since you've interacted with so many businesses, especially early stage businesses firsthand, is there a pattern or are there certain qualities that you find in these investments in these businesses that pique your interest as an investor? And can you give some examples of some of these businesses that you've been successful in working with and investing in? As always, it's the, now the the company that I help out is like, Mm -hmm. It has two parts. Two, I would say like two categories. One category is a company that I hope that one day they can be become a unicorn. Okay. So for those, it's like for me, it's like either you go big or go home. And okay. I usually look for look for a company that they have 
something truly unique, something that revolutionary is is not just like making like a, a few step of improvement, whatever, or sure. whatever's out there now. For sure. So I tend to look for those, like like one of a kind, because like any venture investing is pretty high risk. Of course. So I, I try to look for the company that they I'll pay out patient, and also try to look for those can be like winner takes all kind of situation. Those companies. Winner takes uh, all. What do you mean? Like they create their own space, they fulfill a need. And then they have a lock or a stranglehold on that yeah, space that they yeah. created. Yeah, because because like normally, if you look at any industry, you you talk because again, like if we if we thinking about unicorn, it has to be something big. So mm-hmm. then it has to be has to be some company that they have a chance to again like dominate the entire industry. It, it may not be the only one for sure, but you, you normally each you each sector you have like. A handful of a big player, and that and that's it. And then there's really no room for anybody else. So we try to, I yep. try to look for those, and hopefully one day they can do that. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you one example. So there's a, a hardware company that I I been helping for the last couple of years. They working on some kind of like commodity product. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they basically coming. They they is a bunch of PhD. When they started, there's only one PhD from MIT. Now they have a team of six or seven, I think seven PhD and then a, another like people now, I kind of help them to guide them to put a team together. And, and then, so what they, what they do, what they do is basically have a new way of making a solar cell. Like when you're doing solar panel, yeah. now it's a hot thing, but everywhere around the world, people want to push for renewable energy. Sure. And then everybody knows that solar panel manufacturing and the business actually 100% dominated by Chinese. There's only like two or three Chinese company that they basically globe up the entire segment, market segment. Okay. So, so they have a, a new way to, to do that. And then the price point and also the manufacturing, first of all, the manufacturing can be restoring easily. They don't need any special equipment. So, but then in, in, and then in terms of performance, they are on par or exceed the performance, but then the, the, in terms of the, the ease of manufacturing, all this like water usage, like also the end product cost is like significantly lower, 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 lower than what's out there now. So then okay. if they, if, if they able to execute then they have a huge potential that they can, that, that basically they can clean up the, all the business. Okay, so so the business that you invested in is in the clean energy sector, yeah, specifically for that one, solar cells. Yeah, and you're yeah. you're thinking that if these PhDs come together and are successful in innovating that space, they can come up with a better product for less money and give the Chinese a run for their money or give them some strong competition. That's that's the plan. Oh yeah, they they can easily blow them all off the water. So so they are pretty close to having, I hope that like this year, they'd be able to start setting up a pilot manufacturing line. Okay. I've been actually helping them to look at a manufacturing site for mm-hmm. the first pilot line, but they also have, have already have customer line up too. So. Okay. Now, Porter, just, just curious here. Was it, when you look at an investment target, do you only look at the business? Or do you look at the entrepreneurs 
or do you look at both? Or you talk about the product, and we, we've been talking about product for a lot of this segment already, but what about the people? How do the people factor in? Whether it's this product, this investment, or other investments? So, so usually it's three things. Uh, so one thing is like, uh, are you investing in a business or are you investing in a technology and business? Okay. Because some of the, like, for example, like if you talk about the software, software space mm -hmm. and app space, actually before our call, I was talking to some, uh, online learning company, mm -hmm. right? So it's totally software based. They seems like they having pretty decent traction, but. But nowadays, like when, when you in that space is not much technology because everything is there already. Pretty much it's just how you kind of like integrate everything together. I mean, there's still some engineering, but it's like, but, but it's like, like you don't need to have something in their case, it's not really something breakthrough. Okay. So in that case that, but they did a nice job integrate everything together. So, mm -hmm. so, so in that case, you, you kind of like that there's not not so much in the technology side of course they write their own software still the ip but yeah. that, but it's not like you have for example the difference between is like okay you 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 have a open like a chat gpt that totally like different i mean there's a lot a lot of like deep technology there but versus you just kind of like do some like minor improvement like i said earlier and then just kind of integrate everything together so so then in those cases there's not much technology there so then what you invest is invest in the business then in that case, you will look at like how good the business is doing. But mm -hmm. then for the one that have a, 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 a good technology, then when, because I'm, I'm working with early stage company, in those cases, then you, 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 you kind of like emphasis a little bit more in the technology side, less on the business side. Of course, they need to have a good business potential for sure. Sure. So, so the way is a little bit different. So this is like for the company itself. And then the other, other piece is very important, of course, as a team. Yep. I have seen many examples that when there's some tough decision comes in, the team just not able to work together as a, as a team. I'm, I'm talking about the founders. Yep. And then the company will fall apart. Okay. So, so there's also cases that I was actually a good friend of mine. He he had a couple exit, and then and then like when he when he started his company. He, he actually, he had his partner uh, work for Google for some time and before Google went IPO. So at that point, when they started their own company, they actually don't need anything. I mean, they have all the money they need. Yeah. So they, so they kind of bankrolled the company at the beginning. But then the thing is this, so two years into that, they need to completely change the business model. They just found out whatever they did, they, they were having, as a software company, but then they really have to stop problem to monetize it. Okay. So the same team, they face a problem and then they completely, completely change course. And then like two years later, they, they, uh, they're able to sell the company for a very, very significant, significant amount of money. Uh, but then it's kind of completely different what they start out to do. Okay. So, so, so this is an example that you need to have a smart team and then they know they, they, they can work together. And also they know how to solving problem together. Okay. So that's, that's because, important. Yeah. What yeah, I'm hearing because, is, mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. What I'm, what I'm hearing is you're saying that in the, the team becomes critical 
when there are huge headwinds or huge issues. In this case, the team pivoted away from their original intentions and restructured their business model and went towards a different direction. And within a few years, was was the recipient of a very, very generous exit. And it sounds yeah. like they had to be resilient. They were they were able to persevere. And uh, yeah, what, what what else would you say that you saw within that team? Okay, so so I think that you are a, an operator yourself. I'm sure you you face all those problems, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, along the way. When that's how you come to where you are today. So uh, teamwork is important, and then also that they 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 often the company they don't have like a plan B when they want to start this business. Mm-hmm. So because a lot of founders they were saying oh let me try this out and then I, I give it a year if it doesn't work I'm gonna quit I mean or maybe I can go back to where my profession is but to me usually it's a red flag because oh. no nobody can time or maybe like a certain like after six months or maybe after a year I don't make that much money I'm gonna quit so so you already it's a sign that you're not giving in like a hundred a 10% right, mm-hmm. to make that happen. Right? Yeah. To start a business and make it successful is very, very, very difficult. <laughs> of course. Right? I know I mean, the percent, like yes. Yeah. And then to me, I, I would say like almost every single company, they will have a near-death experience. Mm-hmm. So that's the real test, how you can hold the team together and then and, and move on and then jump over the hurdle. So so that I think that is very important that you, you, you're 100% dedicated to what you do and then there's no plan B. Okay. Oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. I, yeah, I do hear a lot of, they use the term entrepreneur. The the people that want to be entrepreneurs, they're like, oh, I'll give it a year or two. And yeah, I usually immediately become disinterested in what business plan they have to provide. Because if they're not dedicating their entire focus, their entire life into this business, there is almost no way they can even compete with the entrepreneurs out there that are putting in a hundred hours a week, having nothing, mm-hmm. no family, no kids, no boyfriend or girlfriend. Just this is the business. This is mm-hmm. what I want to do. And versus somebody like, oh, I have a job at Amazon or I have a job at the bank or I work at McDonald's, but I've got something really good. Don't mm-hmm. invest in those people. It's, <laughs> it's 99%. It's not going to work out. And if you're an entrepreneur yourself, if you're not willing to give up almost everything to start a business, I mean, it, it, to you and me, I think it makes sense because if you're, you have a 40 hour job or a family or this and that, and you don't have 60, 80 or 100 hours to go make this something new, then you, your, your rate of going from zero to 60 miles an hour, driving fast, driving your business fast, the, the potential, the possibility drops down close to zero because you're competing with other founders that have startups. They have no attachments. They're just driving zero to a hundred. Who's going to get there first? So I, I think it, I think it makes sense. I'm personally um, guilty of making a few investments and listening to some of those people, giving them a little bit of money. It's like, oh, we need money. Yeah. If you, if you get this money, will you quit your day job? No, no. It'll just make this project <laughs> a little easier and yeah. you make their lives easy, but they're, they're not willing to take that step and really commit 100%. So it is definitely yeah. a huge, huge... Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The other thing is that the team, the founder's team need to be coachable and then also open mind. 
Okay. Now, coachable and open mind doesn't mean that they don't have any backbone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they will listen to everybody like tell them, and then they will change the course and change the direction. Okay. The key thing is like you you open your mind to listen, mm-hmm. and then if it's something makes sense, then you put in some time to think about. Yeah. So one of the one of the very important thing that a lot of people miss is that they they not making an effort to find out what they don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are what you don't know are often the key factors that can make or break your your business because you not try to find out like listen to other people's opinion and and also like not to try to find out like what's out there. You, you kind of like have yourself like closed into a I would say like a box yourself in in a closed room with mm-hmm. tunnel vision. Yep. And then, so, so, so very often you always think that, oh, what I'm thinking is I should just go this way. And then it doesn't matter who tell me what is the thing to do. I'll just totally ignore them. And that's not uh, the way to go. That's not the way to go because nobody knows everything. Of course. Like everybody make mistake. So actually, if you're lucky, I think a lot of these very smart and very successful people, they only succeed by 50% of the time. Okay. So, yep. so yeah, so I think that is a very key component mm-hmm. to be, to be successful. Wonderful. Wonderful. Very key yeah. component being coachable, mm-hmm. willing to learn open-mindedness. That's great. Mm-hmm. So these are all amazing nuggets of wisdom that you're sharing with our audience and the prospective entrepreneurs out there. I wanted to ask you one more thing. What's the biggest tip you can provide to the future entrepreneurs out there on how they can identify the investor for their business and for them. Okay. So I, okay. So one very key thing is to, you need to create, okay. You basically need to solving problems and not to create something that is looking for a problem to solve. Okay. Could you, could you expand? Yeah. Okay, so so for example, for example, you okay, so uh, okay, okay. Let's say you use use a technology using a technology example, mm-hmm. but that actually applies to everything. So, okay, so let's say if I am an engineer and then I come up with some some very advanced technology for a certain product. So then I put all my time into it, and then I come up with a prototype. Mm-hmm. But then it may not have a market. So you okay. have this cool technology, but you don't have a market. So then you, 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 so basically you create this product and looking for, you know, problems to solve. And that's not the way you have to go right? have, that's the right. problem right. already. And then you have to yeah. create the product to solve that problem. Exactly. Right? Because, because, because if you don't do, because if you, the, the pro and also the problem has to be quick enough. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is not big enough, then you don't have enough market to support your company. Okay. You don't have big enough market to support so, your company. So right? the, yeah. for the entrepreneurs out there, they have to build a product that solves a problem and they have to find the investors that are looking to solve that problem with them. Is, is that yeah. basically what yeah. I, how I summarize yeah. your advice? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, what they did not, what they do, I think that's actually very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, recently there's a company that I'm basically coaching 
and then I stop them by launching a product. So, so because the thing is this: so if you are if you are small, mm-hmm. if you are starting out, your resource is very limited. Yep. If I if you spend a hundred k to build this prototype, if that product doesn't work, I'm not going to have another hundred k to do another revision or whatever. You use the same thing. Yeah. So that's why if I have a product looking for a market, it's not going to work. Right. Got it. Because it might end up like a whole bunch of things that the features or whatever you design on. Yep. So, so the company actually I've, I've been, I was helping out with actually making a variable. So with some smart sensors and things like that. Smart right? sensors. Okay. Smart sensors, smart sensors. Yep. It's like quite popular, quite popular now is like for uh, uh, health and wellness. So it track all your vital signs, your like sweat level, like oxygens, like blood, I mean, blood level, oxygen, the oxygen level in your blood and things like that. Interesting. And okay. then, yeah. So, so yeah. So, so basically is that whatever they come out is something lot like not comfortable for people to wear. It can look kind of odd, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I go back to what I'm saying that you need to talk to more people. You have mm-hmm. more people. Later on, I have them to have a lot of people to, to basically test the product. Or the it. prototype they make. They was about to launch it. Right. So I probably saved them like I saved the shirt. That, that makes yeah. sense. You saved them money and you saved uh, partially saved your investment as well. And you saved the entrepreneurs some time and yeah. they were coachable. Yeah. So you selected the team. Hey, mm-hmm. it, Porter, it's been a pleasure, but it looks like our time is coming to a close. I just wanted to ask you one thing. You've told us plenty, but uh, is there a way where the business owners out there can get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Uh, if they just go sign up as they do the sign up with the intake form of the CNPP program, right? Okay. As long as it's the Western region, it's going to come to, to our chapter and then okay. I'm certainly happy to talk to them. Wonderful. Wonderful. So guys, you, you heard it here. You can get in touch with Mr. Porter Wong himself. If you go through the Western chapter of the U S Pan Asian American chamber of commerce and uh, go make the request via an intake form. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time portal, Porter, sorry, Porter. It's been a great conversation and it's a great opportunity to listen to a seasoned expert in the investment community. And hopefully this has taught people how to navigate around the business environment, especially for the communities and the entrepreneurs that are currently unserved. And uh, I want to thank the audience as well for tuning in and hope you can join us next time on navigating business. Remember, this is a business podcast brought to you by the US PAC or US Pan Asian American Chamber of Commerce in conjunction with the Community Navigator Pilot Program, the CNPP, through the US Small Business Administration, are also known as the SBA. Again, Porter, thank you so much for your time and thank you, audience. Till next episode, guys. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. 